Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge And Kevin and I try and put the fun in functional sports content as well. Kevin, it is a weekend edition. You and I are in the, you know, the state, the city of New York. And New York is like officially moving into phase one. You know, it's only a couple of weeks ago when we were like deep into the pandemic, right? And it's weird to me, you know, I mentioned how the pandemic kind of like, wipe the Astros cheating scandal off the headlines. Well, we've had other things in this country kind of wipe the pandemic off as headlines, but we are starting to open back up here in New York City. Are you going to get out there? Like, are you excited? Can you come out of your hibernating cave, Kev? How does it feel? No, all I'm doing is is my my nice little walks with my mask on, just trying to keep hitting my steps goal. I'm still trying to keep the distance. I will say, though, because um, I think, that, <laughs> man, there, there is something quite funny, although maybe not that funny, depending on kind of the context of it, of people losing their minds over getting a haircut. Yeah, and man. I've, I've, I've kind of just been like, man, like, let it be. Because, you know, I mean, I'm usually just letting it grow sure. for the most part. The problem is when you when it hits the summer and oh, yeah. you've got a little bit too much, it's just like you're like always hot. Yeah, you're going to need that baking powder like on your scalp instead of (laughs) other places throughout the summer. Or, Kev, you always have the option to just go my route. Okay, because that seems to be, and it's good for the summertime. Okay, I don't get want to that step on your toes. toes. That's what it is, Dane. The only reason why. That's the only reason why. I don't want to step on your toes with the yeah, right, uh, right. Two, because the lighting could get really messed up then for the show. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I assume you could have this if you wanted in like three months. You're just yeah. going. Well, yeah, we'll see. All right, in any event, let's get to it. You know, as we said, we put the fun and functional sports content. But, Kev, one of the things we've been talking about as a main story, and if you've been watching the show, you certainly know about it, is the idea of how the NBA will return to play, right? You know, they had the kind of owners ratify the proposal. Everyone is excited. 22 teams will make it more in the West, the play-in tournament to be triggered, you know, kind of if they're within shouting distance. A lot of people like that proposal. It seems creative. It seems exciting. It allows the players to have that runway. But as I always say, right, we then will get into a phase where there's still other details to be ironed out. Whether they happen in a smooth way or in a rough way remains to be seen. But one thing that I started to see, Kevin, you know, the league calendar is very interesting. And we knew about this, right, Kev? Because any delay in this season into the playoffs, crowning a champion, we talked about this, how it was going to bleed into the league business that they have to conduct, right? Free agency, the draft, the draft lottery, the summer league, you know, all sorts of other elements of league business. And we are starting to see kind of the vision for those key dates as well, right, Kev? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're kind of now getting, um, you know, ideas. Some of some of the uh, some of the dates they're giving us. I think Adam Silver went for a bit of a heat check personally, uh, uh, just to see how far he could push things. But um, so we know that, or we we seem to know, right, that July thirty first is going to start us off with games. They're going to be getting their training camps um, rolling. 
And then they're going to, I think, July 7th make their way. I think July 7th they go Orlando. to Orlando. I think they start on July 31st, mm-hmm. right? And I think they are hoping to crown a champion around mid-October, if uh, so, that's what I yeah. see. So that's one of the dates that is a little interesting. I was having actually a conversation the other day um, with Martino, who comes on to talk soccer with us, but also is on uh, betting around the rim with myself. And it's a Monday that October 12th. And obviously the NBA finals, they never have to think about Monday, Sunday, whatever it is. Right. It's actually usually that game seven would be on a Sunday. Would be on a uh, Sunday, I would think. Usually. Seven, yeah. The, the decision, like, and, and I know you can move things around, but really, it just push it back to the 13th. There's no reason to run up against a Monday night game because it's not to say, like, if a game is Chargers-Saints, okay. it doesn't mean that Chargers-Saints is, like, some marquee-marquee matchup. It could be a good game. could be a good game. The point is, even if you beat that game in a rating... Like if you don't have to. Exactly. It, it is unnecessary. You know... The NFL has to play that game on a Monday, right? It's not like the NFL could, all right, we'll give you this and you give us that, right? Like, they, they play Monday nights. Just push it to Tuesday. That's one of the dates um, that I just think they could very easily be like, you know, and because also, if you're going to play a game seven, right? So I'm assuming then they're they're rolling every other day in the NBA Finals. That was actually something that was reported, right? We mm-hmm. don't now need two to three days off in between games at times because of travel and right, right, right. everybody's kind of, you know, have optimal rest just every other day. But if you're going to get us to a game seven, I think it's more than fine for game six to take place on a Saturday and then Tuesday be the game seven. A two-day rest before game seven, I think is totally fine. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's another thing that's interesting. Normally, in the NBA playoffs, right, usually for travel and for the TV schedule, you know, you got games like every three days in the early rounds, right? And you won't have to do that if they're all in the bubble together. So, you know, they may be able to even condense those elements of the playoffs. You know, to be quite honest, Kev, you know, the dates of this season – is one thing. I am more intrigued about, you know, the interim and how the calendar turns over to what would be the 2020-2021 season, right? So we're seeing a draft lottery because you can't have a draft lottery until the standings are set, right, with the ping pong balls. We're seeing that on August 25th, your boy Woj said yesterday. And then a draft itself of October 15th. Now I ask you, if they're crowning a champion potentially that same week, right? And then, boom, you have the draft. To me, this is a very condensed timeline, Kevin. You know, like, think about this. Kevin Durant tore his Achilles in the finals last year, Mm -hmm. right? That severely compromises or changes the dynamic of what that team needs to go after in free agency or prioritize in the draft. And it in this calendar, something like that could literally happen days before. It can dramatically change the calculation of what your priority is for the damn draft. Free agency would then have to also be in this kind of very condensed time frame. I'm seeing also uh, the start dates for next season, mm-hmm. right, Kevin? Be like December 1st. We've heard Christmas. But yeah. regardless, we're talking about eight weeks in essence, right, to get everything done from free agency, recruiting, uh, the draft itself, the preseason for the following season. And, you know, a few months ago, Kevin, the NFL GMs 
wanted to push back the draft, right? Because they didn't have enough time or with limited information. We're right. certainly not going to have full information on this year's college crop. They didn't even finish their damn season, you know? So the idea of th they're going to have to go at this with less information and less time than usual. And we know GMs don't like that. So, yes, they don't like that. But the thing is, the NBA draft is actually always very, very close to the actual NBA finals. Um, if you were to say get those NBA finals on a Sunday, a game seven, traditionally, you would still, I think, see the draft on a Thursday. Again, another scenario, uh, this October 15th, I believe, is a Thursday. Push that back one day as well. Mm. Don't compete with Thursday Night Football. Totally yeah. unnecessary. Put it on a Friday. So just moving. But, yeah, it, it, and that's what it's going to be. I think and then also, also remember, though, they're like dominoes, right? The draft then triggers free agency, right? Oh, and exactly. and we're in this time right now in the NFL, right? This is what we're doing, our roster resets. Now, after yeah. the draft, right, we recalibrate. Oh, and maybe I still do want an Everson Griffin. Maybe I still do want a Jameis Winston, right? They ain't going to have that opportunity. So here's <laughs> I've never I never really am one to try and say uh, here's where I'd set a line. But if there was an over under NBA 2020 2021 start date, yeah. December 1st, over under later, the, the, the over has to be at least minus 300. Later. Otherwise, I think I over, you mean later in the year. Yes. right? Yeah, I it's agree. not going to be December 1st. I, it's not. I think I, I think I think Christmas would be very interesting, to be quite honest. Yeah. So. And then that's what I was referencing when I said an absurd heat check from right. Adam Silver. He's like, everything I put out right now is great. Like, we had a unanimous vote on the plan before <laughs> we even voted. You trust them, right? The world trusts Adam right. Silver. He's like, I'll just keep throwing dates out there until sure. someone says that's enough, Adam. Um, that was the first time we saw vocalized pushback. Michelle Roberts was like, that was surprising. Mm. And I think it was probably a situation of the wording mattered. Earliest yeah. we could see them back is December 1st. Right. And I'm sure the players were like, that's way too early. And he was like, yep, cool. Earliest. Um, I would I would not think that is set in stone. One of the biggest things um, going against that is that is a 43 day gap from yeah. game seven. OK, the gap from the Warriors Raptors game six to mm -hmm. then Lakers Clippers was 131 days. You can't condense it. But you can't do 90 day con uh, condensing. You just can't. It's not going to be 130 days, but you got to do better than 43. I understand that, Kevin. But here's the other thing. And this is where there's some details here for me. The ripple effect. Right. And, you know, there's going to be some unintended consequences. I get that. Right. But you talk about the gap between, say, game seven and the season opener. Right. And how some teams and let's even say the conference finals teams. Right. There's going to be four teams that have a very small turnaround. OK, uh, call it maybe early October to early December. OK, roughly two months. Kevin, there are eight teams in the NBA whose gap is going to be from early March yep. to early December. OK, now that is a dramatic difference. I understand, you know, hey, it's a pandemic, right? But some of these teams are going to be playing. I, basically, you know, all of these, 22 of these teams oh, yeah. will be playing games into like July or August, but eight of them will literally have a nine-month gap. That's a dramatic difference, and I think something that has to be considered. I know there's not much they can do, but that's part of the um, ripple effect of having 22 teams in instead of 30, right?
They actually are working to figure out what they can do for those teams. That's something that okay. man, the concerns you voiced has been voiced a lot by these right. teams. What, and maybe they get a to, league going on in August so or something? They're trying to figure out some fall league type of games that they can execute for these teams to make sure that they get reps. Now, when would that be? Maybe September? Like a little tournament. Right. I think they're trying to create something for them. The when is interesting, and they haven't they haven't listened. They've not given us a when, the how, the who. Because the people are even saying, what about the teams that don't make the playoffs, right? Because yeah. eight games is better than no games, but it's still not like the playoff reps. Shoot, if you could have a draft lottery in August, maybe have those eight teams that didn't make it. Maybe they have their own round-robin tournament for the ping-pong balls. Yeah. I disagree with that. I'm out on, the, I'm out on that. We can't okay. have – But they got to play somehow. No, no, no. They can just play for a little midseason tournament and I think and, and get those guys games. I just think – that this 43-day window, as yeah. you can pull off that little fall-style tournament, is too short. Pushing it to, like, January gets you to, like, 70. And the thing for the NBA, to me, is all you want to do is make sure that your next season is wrapped up before football starts. Right. Your all right, fair enough. So, listen, these are some logistical details that we have to unearth and figure out. There's also financial details. You know I'm going to bring them up if you've been watching the show. We start to hash through those when we come back. It's the early line giving you the edge on Sports Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in, everybody. It is the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, trying to make sense of the NBA and other sports as they return to play so we can make some cash upon their return. Now, Kevin, anybody who's been watching our show over the last few weeks, you know, I, I continue to press that there will be financial details to be worked out. And now after kind of this approval, we, we're starting to hear, right, some of the other um, – you know, maybe I don't want to call them hurdles or obstacles, right? Because that would signify the kind of tone, you know, and confidence that we were talking about. But there are definitely details that need to be confirmed on both sides, right? We talked about some of the scheduling things um, in terms of the draft, in terms of free agency, and in terms of how now how this calendar has been adjusted. You still don't want to compete with the NFL. You still don't want to compete with, you know, SEC football on a Saturday. You're still not going to want to compete with, like, the moved masters on a weekend, right? And so that's another thing that these sports are figuring out. But, Kev, I got to ask you because I, I find it ironic that literally after this happy, happy, you know, we've got a plan, we start hearing details about the money. You know, and sure. that's kind of the next step. Um, I told you Bobby Marks, you know, um, kind of immediately was tweeting, uh, putting out these are some of the details that have to be worked out because of the revenue sharing. I have another piece here uh, by Dan Feldman who kind of broke it down a little bit more. And I learned something, Kev. I learned something. I learned the term force majeure. Okay, what force majeure apparently means, and it's already in place, like this is not something that has to be negotiated. It's in essence what baseball is doing already, right? The prorating. It's already in place, okay, mm -hmm. that you would prorate. So like when a, when a basketball player, when it says that their contract is like $30 million a year, it's not actually 
$30 million a year. That's what they think it is. But then when the league generates its revenue for the year, all the salaries are subject to, you know, the, the split in players and owners based on the revenue. And obviously, just like in baseball, just like everywhere else, the revenue is completely compromised because of COVID, right? And so the formula, though, was we didn't know how many games were going to be missed. You know, in Major League Baseball, there's the 50-game schedule, the 114, the 80, and that would decide a big chunk of the pro rating, right? Well, we now know because of the schedule that has come out, the eight extra games and all that, we know, in essence, how much each team is going to miss, right? How many games? And it's imbalanced, Kevin. You know, it's imbalanced. At its worst, the Minnesota Timberwolves will only play 64 games. So they are missing 19% of their games and thus 19% of their salary, right? Yeah. The eight teams who miss it, they're all like 17, 18, or 19% of their games. Then there's a big old drop. And the rest of the league, you know, is missing like, 12% all the way down to it's possible that the Mavs can only miss 5% of their games because they've played already the most amount. You know what I mean? They could uh, finish it out, not qualify for the playoffs and still be done. They could play a lot more games. So the question is then, how do they arrange this hit? Like, do mm -hmm. Timberwolves get less, you know, after they slice off the revenue? Um, they didn't have any kind of control over playing less games. The pandemic necessitated this format, you know? So this is one of the things they have to kind of figure out. Um, there's gonna be some unevenness into what chunk of the pie players get based on how many games they play, which is based purely on what team they're on. Yeah, and they're aware of this, and yeah. they've already had conversations about, you know, how they're gonna try and go about splitting this up, I believe I read yesterday that the decision to play uh, kind of this eight regular season game schedule, right, opposed to going straight to the playoffs, is going to save them about three hundred million dollars in losses. Yeah. So they're they're making decisions, right, that certainly have to do with money. Um, mm -hmm. I just those it goes from just to be clear. If they didn't have any regular season games anymore, there mm -hmm. would have been two hundred and fifty nine regular yeah. season games not made up with them yeah. doing this it reduces the number to a hundred well roughly because we don't know about the play-ins if that needs to be triggered or not um but it's basically goes down to about 170 canceled games okay so they're lopping off you know a good like 90 uh canceled games here you know yeah. kind of uh helping the hurt of the revenue right which is huge yeah. and it, it's going to be you know, it's going to be interesting to watch them work these things out. But, um, you know, again, it's because there's been there's been a number of pieces as well that have kind of just talked about why the NBA was able to reach this point. Right. The idea sure. of the board of governors meeting being a formality as well as the players meeting right. being a formality is because they have been in lockstep with one another behind the I scenes think, and stuff. I think even maybe, you know, Dane, the biggest thing that shows how much agreement there seems to be when you talk about the two sides. So they gave the, the vote, right? It was 29 to one. Yeah. Portland, I think was the only Portland. squad, right? Portland doesn't pass it. And I'm like, man, what is Portland doing? Like there's someone <laughs> who benefits greatly from this. I don't get it. And then CJ McCollum quote tweets it. And is like, well, it's glad to see that we have ownership that listens to us. We voiced 
our opinions as to what. It's funny how CJ McCollum was literally the random player name that I brought up yesterday. I know, right? I know, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's him going the other way about how like I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the fact that like the Blazers opted to vote against to just show their players that they're listening. It's a point, right? It's like so even where there's a disagreement, it's because there's an agreement. It's those are the kind of things that again the, these are not easy conversations, right? I think one of the the simplest ways to put it is there's no right answer, right? I think that's something that you that you hear a lot of people say, and it's probably accurate. I think there are other things that are now probably approaching them, such as the conversations of the coaches wearing masks. I'm not sure if you saw that yesterday. Yeah. Um, that will be maybe a little bit more challenging for them. That's fair enough. And listen, this revenue hit is long-term, right? We know that it's going to be a while. So there's the idea of also what is the salary cap moving forward? You know, that's going to be something as well, because, you know, we start to now project the long-term pain uh, that this whole country will be going to. You know, I don't know if I'm going to a game next season into an arena with 20,000 folks. And I just wanted to point out, because, you know, the Timberwolves, Minnesota, seems to be the far end of this continuum. They stand to lose as much as 19% of their salaries, where at the uh, the bottom end, the Dallas Mavericks stand to lose at its least as much as as little as only 5%. Okay, mm -hmm. so, and I know we talk about millionaires all the time, right? But for context, you know, let's say you're out there and you've got a nice little, uh, you know, upper, upper middle class life and you're making $100,000, right? That's the difference of your boss saying, um, no, we're going to cut your salary to 95K or we're going to cut your salary to 81K. That's a difference, <laughs> you know, and I know it's obviously different for these guys when we're talking in the millions, but anyone who wants to scoff at, you know, the difference of literally 13, 14% of your salary, hey, then then I want to see your salary. You know, that's what, that's what I have to say about that. I did want to also make the point here, you know, we've been talking about, um, for example, how with this rest, and this break and the condensed season or a condensed major league baseball season, how when you scrunch it all up, variance increases, right, Kevin? As a, as a basic idea, you know, if the season was not 162 games in baseball but 50, there'd be more variance. More wild stuff could happen. That's why we call baseball a marathon, not a sprint. That's why Billy Bean built the A's for the long haul in Moneyball, right? Over 162-game season. I wanted to get your thoughts on that as it relates to now the rest of the, you know, crowning an NBA champion. I think there's one way to think about it that like, uh-oh, if there's more variance here, maybe I do want to take a shot somewhere with a Boston Celtics at 20 to one with a Rockets at 12 to one with the Raptors at 24 to one are the defending NBA champions. You know, and I, to me, that's option a, you know what? We don't know what's happening, right? Plus money is coming in on these main events in the UFC left and right, right? It's ripe for randomness because of what we're going through. That's one train of thought. The other train of thought and we're seeing it with things like road favor, uh, road favorites winning in Bundesliga. Is like after this, I'm just relying on the quality. The cream mm. rises up. I know that was a way of thinking when we were looking at these conference tournaments before the pandemic even started, with no fans in the stands potentially. Like, no, nah, I'm just going to rely on the talent. I want to apply that to what you think here with the NBA. We look at the NBA futures odds. We know already, Kevin. There are three favorites, right? The yep. two LA teams and Milwaukee. Are you more likely 
Kev, to think that as they resume, I'm going to go with the theory that the cream will rise to the top and it will be one of the L.A. teams or Milwaukee, the teams that separated themselves in the regular season? Or do you think, ah, we're ripe for upsets. We're ripe for, you know, some kind of chaos theory to happen. I've been talking mm -hmm. to Jared Smith on Endgame Live, and he's saying he's taking plus money in a lot of these NHL first series because of that theory. You know, you talk about the plus money in the UFC. Well, here in the NBA, that would mean taking a stab at one of these longer shots. Which way, are, what, you know, are we applying any lessons learned mm. to NBA when they come back? Which way would you lean? So I think I would still lean with your favorites. Yeah. If, if my options right were, hey, who do you think wins? The Bucks, the Clippers, Lakers, or the field? I'm going right. with the with the You're top taking a guys. big three and guess, instead of the field? Because I still think basketball is basketball, right? So fighting the great uh, differentiator is like I can knock you can knock someone out right? right like and also judging is very much so an opinion thing there's no there's no opinion when the game clock goes to zero and there's a final score sure then there's hockey right and um was it it was the lightning right that screwed you up last year it is this sure like did. best team in Mine the league like 320 against Columbus yeah, yeah best team in the league they get swept in round one oh, and by the way then a month later i had the golden state warriors minus like 300 against the toronto raptors in the finals no oh, you should have called me i could have talked you off that one thanks um <laughs> hindsight's 2020 um <laughs> i think the reason why basketball is a little bit different is twofold one think about even march madness right crazy yep. upsets and everything's oh. right those are single game eliminations and by the time we get to the end though that's true. A lot of the best teams are still. The first still weekend is about Cinderella. The second weekend, cream yeah. rises to the top. It sure does. And I think you go now to the NBA, and these are seven-game series. Yeah. You have a situation where they're going to still be playing eight games beforehand. How many of them are really going to be how, – how tested will they be in that first round? And I think what you're going to need almost in order to, say, pull that off is what you're you're going to need the Heat to be that bad matchup that they just might be for the Bucks. You're right, going right. to need the Lakers to slip, and you'd need the Rockets then to be that bad matchup for the Clippers. Like, you, you, it's I think it's a I think it's a very very difficult mountain to climb. I'm not saying that you couldn't see a scenario where maybe the Celtics rep the East, right. maybe the Rockets do rep the West. I just think even then you'd still be able to get pretty sizable plus money on whichever yeah. team comes in that's going up against a big boy. Yeah, but for me, the variance that's also here, you know, when damn Kawhi tests positive for COVID, then what happens to the odds? We'll talk about it some more when we come back. This is the early line, off and running. We turn our attention to the NFL as well after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Welcome back into the early line right here on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin, you know, kind of leaving no stone left unturned when it comes to the NBA and what it's going to look like, right? We've had, you know, oh, happy day when the owners kind of agreed upon the format of how we were going to play. It's very creative. I can see it building excitement for the starved sports fan that wants nothing else but to see live American team sports on their television screen because then they can bet on it also, Kev, right? But we're talking about, you know, some of these health details, logistic mm -hmm. details, financial details that while we have faith and while they have a month or two to iron them out, they're still there, right? And one of the things you mentioned was the idea of, listen, we're still in a pandemic, so we're going to have to think about wearing masks, you know, and potentially inside the bubble. Arenas are indoors, so who may have to wear a mask, Kev? Yeah, so there's a conversation uh, right now in the NBA about whether uh, owner or not owners rather, but uh, coaches that um, would be labeled higher risk individuals based on their age could either not only have to wear a mask, but maybe potentially actually wouldn't be allowed on the bench with their teams. And this was something that saw immediate pushback. So guys yeah. that would fit into this category, Greg Popovich, Mike D'Antoni, Alvin, Alvin Gentry, yeah, the older coaches. In the league, and Mike D'Antoni made Brad points. Stevens up. is like, ha, ha. go ahead. Yeah, right. Brad's all good, just no masks, just dapping people up, having the time of his life. Um, so Mike D'Antoni's like, listen, I want to be out there calling plays. I want to be out there doing my thing. Yeah. Um, and that's competitive balance, right? If the head coach, if the coach could be there versus not, of drawing up plays. Now, I think it's very important for everybody to understand. The only reason the NBA is looking into this is for the safety of these coaches, right? Sure. That is the entirety of the reason that it is even well, suggested. All these regulations are for safety, right? And of risk. Course. Yeah. Because one of the counters was how this could potentially paint some of these guys in a bad light if they look for work elsewhere. Now, the idea is not wearing a mask makes you weak, but it's kind of something that, if it's only worn by the older coaches, highlights their age. And Mike D'Antoni specifically is a really interesting to, uh, kind of case here because. All reports indicate this is his last year in Houston, and mm -hmm. no reports indicate he wants to stop coaching. Right. So Antoni could certainly be available for a team, and obviously you would like to see, you know, for Mike D'Antoni in his mind at least, he doesn't want to come off as maybe a, not a good long-term type of option. Right. Now, I think there's something to be said about if all coaches wear the masks there is a some level of competitive balance to to that because it's not as easy to communicate through the mask. Sure. I think that's understandable. Well, picking and I, choosing. I think there's a case to be made if all of these coaches are being tested daily as the regulations are being stated that they maybe won't need the mask despite being. 60 I love how, Kev, when you talk, I'd say to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I love how when you start talking about this stuff, you immediately go into this voice, which is like, maybe, maybe not, because the thing <laughs> is, we don't yeah. know, <laughs> right? You're like, maybe it's know. okay if they're wearing masks and they get tested, you know, and that's, well, I mean, that's, that's where we are, right? I also, too, is, well, part of it is, like, these are the type of topics that I semi will tiptoe around because it involves health and coronavirus and i mean you want to talk about and different uh, people have different perspectives and anyone's yeah. apprehension is valid I, yeah i'm on both sides of it right like 
I understand if Mike D'Antoni says, I'm being tested daily, I'm healthy, I'm fine. And I understand if Adam Silver says, you're 67, put the mask on. Both sides are the both sides land for me. I but I again I think one of the things I said to you um, during one, during a break here is I think this is why all of these details is why they afforded themselves this absolutely massive window from now until when the NBA season is supposed to actually restart. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So there's still time to iron out the details, um, as we always say. And, you know, um, hopefully they do. Right. And that's 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 the best we can say at this point. I hope that they do. It looks like um, they want to be collaborative um, and we shall see what happens as we turn our attention to the NFL. You know, yesterday we didn't do a, um, a team spotlight. There's been some news and notes that have crossed the radar that I think is pretty important. You know, one of the running backs that we've talked about before that's been out there in the open market is Devonte Freeman. Right. We've heard that the Eagles maybe were thinking about him along with Shady McCoy and others. We heard that the Seahawks were interested potentially gave offered a contract that he said no to they then pivoted and signed Carlos Hyde and you know so it's clear that Freeman is still kind of out there in the market he's saying he'll sit out the season if he doesn't get the deal he wants kind of playing hardball unlike say a Jameis Winston unlike say um a well maybe a Jadavion Clowney if he you know kinds of uh lessens his demands, right? right? But what's interesting is he was being tied to the Tampa Bay Bucks, And Bruce Arians came out and said, like, yeah, we'd be interested in him at the right price. And I think that's two things. One is that Devontae Freeman still needs to look himself in the mirror, right, and understand kind of what the market is these days and how all the teams are going to have multiple options like we've been talking about. But the other thing is this for me. In the same way when veteran running backs get tied to the Eagles – or get tied to the Seahawks. One of the things we say, Kev, is mm, that makes it clear that they're like in the market for another running back. It makes me think, hmm, Tampa's in the market for another running back. We've seen Keyshawn Vaughn's odds for rookie of the year. We've been hyping him up in rookie running back ranks. We've been talking about Ronald Jones when we had like the available, you know, um, red zone looks, right? So it makes me think Tampa Bay is still in the market. This could become another one of those RBB3s. What does you think this means for Tampa and for Freeman? Yeah, so um, as I respond, I think it would be nice if we had the ADP available kind of for the running back situations because I think sure. there's a number that. of ways that you can kind of go at this conversation. I think specifically for Devonta Freeman, right? I was actually, um, you know, not that long ago saying, I think that it makes a lot of sense for him to hold out, maybe right. wait similar to Cam Newton, for an injury that gives him an opportunity to come in and be labeled a full-time starter. However, this is a little bit of a different situation here. While I understand the financials are incredibly important, you have the chance to go to Tampa Bay, a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and a team now with recent news, I feel more confident in my assertion that the Bucs are going to win the NFC South. So mm. you have the chance to go to that caliber of a team. I don't think that that's an opportunity that I would scoff at, regardless, really, of the price tag. It's likely going to be a one-year deal. Right. And the offensive situation that you would be in, very much so, should put you in a great spot. Now, oh, yeah. the one thing he should be able to bargain, if you will, is kind of where he would rank in terms of the depth chart. 
And I think as you look at the depth chart, Keyshawn Vaughn, you're out. No worries about that. All the hype around you is because people don't trust Ronald Jones enough. So guess what? And the role you might play. People are already probably then going to be able to push Rojo out enough too. And it's not saying Devonta Freeman is going to be a bell cow, but he should be the lead back. And if they're still interested in signing him, to me, I don't see why he wouldn't make that move. So the reason right. I asked you to pull up the ADP, Dave, yeah, is if I told you that Devonta Freeman is the lead back in Tampa Bay, where do we think we slot him? This is a good question. So right now, even with him not on a team, he's in running back. He's running back 72 uh, going off the board. Okay. But that's, you know, with him not having a team. Okay. Right. By the way, that's still ahead of Carlos Hyde, who just signed in Seattle. Which By the way, that's ahead of Chris Thompson, who we both like as a PPR kind of back in Jacksonville. But I digress. Uh, when I look at, I see Keyshawn Vaughn at running back 40 overall. Okay. Um, and then I can only imagine that Rojo is higher than that. So I'm looking for Rojo. Um, I do not see Rojo as I scroll lower. Up. Does that mean he is lower? Does that mean Keyshawn Vaughn is the highest Tampa Bay back? That's a little crazy in my opinion, but I digress. Um, I am trying to find (laughs) him, and I am struggling to do so. Um, So are you saying that this is a value? Running back one for Tampa Bay is a value wherever it is? So I so my my thing is I think that Devonta Freeman if he got Where put the this Rojo, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Devonta. Oh, excuse Freeman, me. Okay, then sure. you got sorry. him. They're back to back. Okay, perfect. No, uh, thirty nine and forty. Rojo thirty nine. Vaughn forty. But to answer your question, that's we call that vamping, by the way, in the business and just stretching it out. Um, I think you're right. I think if 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 Freeman was there. Because I think it would shift the dy- the pieces of the pie, right? And I think Freeman would be, I think Freeman would be right at that level, if not even a little higher. No, I think he'd, I think he'd be comfortably higher. Okay. I, I think, I think he would start to flirt with front end RB three, back end RB two territory, right. flex kind of territory. Yeah. yeah, you're talking about that situation, and people are gonna. I mean, now I know it's a little different, right? But like. Godwin and Evans are like both in the top seven wide receivers. Yes. People want shares of this <laughs> offense. And I think that they, I think that Devonta Freeman, if a, if he became a member of the Bucks, would find himself high on draft boards. My other point to this though, the other direction is I'm already now pretty much out on Vaughn and Rojo. Yeah. Because the thing They're is, Bruce market. Arians. They more. They want more. Right. Yeah. Bruce Arians is honest. He's like, yeah, this isn't great. It's fine. It works. But so I'm not, I can't be now sold on, yeah, he's ready to give Rojo the full slate or he believes Keyshawn Vaughn was a great value in the draft. No, he doesn't. It's not true. And that's why I said, you know, it, it, the, the other kind of tell that it is here is that Tampa Bay is not done at the running back position. They're still in the market for this. So we'll keep our eye out on that. Remember, I had Rojo as a diamond in the rough. I may have to revise that a little bit as well. I also saw a piece of news that I thought was interesting around Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, it looked, remember we talked about how he's like rejecting interview requests, you know, and also I saw a piece here that, listen, he's working on his footwork. He's also going to like the other position groups, zoom meetings, um, you know, the new offensive coordinator exhibit says like, that's good leadership. You know, maybe he's finally taking the reins of this team and something that's more of a showy 
kind of way, doing the actual behaviors of a leader, whether it's be the extra practices, not putting himself out there in the public, going to the other position groups. I think this is interesting and just yet another data point for me of why I'm high on the Browns and they could take a step forward if, you know, adults in the room, I'm trusting Stefanski, they're building the right way. For me, this is another piece of evidence going in that direction, Kev. Yeah, I think this is a situation where it reminds me that sometimes we ask a little bit too much of uh, 25-year-olds who are two years into the league who are in a room full of adults. And if Baker gets it by year three, that's plenty fine. And yeah, it's the Cleveland team I was high on last year, and they're they're checking all the boxes again. Yeah, so maybe it was just one year early. When we come back, we have more news and notes from the NFL, more on the unfortunate side and kind of what it means given this uh, time that we are in. Stay tuned for that when we come back. It's the weekend edition of The Early Line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back in here on the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, looking at some of the NFL news and notes, what it means for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Maybe there is reason to think the Cleveland Browns are going to, like, you know, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, and be a kind of more mature professional team this year. We shall see. One of the things we're also seeing, Kev, and I, you spoke to it eloquently yesterday, is, you know, the state of this country, right, when we have... Deshaun Watson and others at protests, you know, but on the other side, we have Drew Brees with some of the comments that he made, obviously walking it back. But Kev, you know, my, my one of my thesis when I talk to friends about this is that this is not something new. The difference of this this time around is that we have camera phones, we have social media, and we're in a pandemic, so people are, have nothing else to do to distract them away from the uncomfortable feelings that are welling up in the pit of people's stomachs over the last, uh, you know, weeks and months. And so Drew Brees, you know, he did come on out and apologize the following day, and we see that. But, you know, you, you don't have to look far, Kev, to find examples. Right. Jake Fromm, for example, new Buffalo Bills quarterback. You know, we f went back and people went back and found tweets. I mean, it's not tweets, but texts that he has, which included the statement, you know, they they need to let me get suppressors with guns, but make them very expensive. So only elite white people can afford them like LOL, ha ha ha, you know, and there's been backlash from that. But he's not alone. Right. The Florida state coach kind of tried to say that he had a one on one back and forth with all the players and you know the big uh marvin wilson i believe the big defensive line was like that ain't true you know this ain't cool we're not practicing for this new man until this is fixed and then he had a team meeting you know so th there's not they're all over the place kev you know your you know former uh philadelphia eagle remember a few years ago riley cooper at a concert right yeah. and then the thing that was and how michael vick had to kind of wrap his arms around him and say it's okay we know about nick boza right and some of the things that he has put out and so my thing is this kev for years the locker room in sports has always been a very interesting place right there's mm -hmm. always been people of different races 
people of different religions, people of different politics. And the locker room was supposed to be a place where none of that entered, right? Where keep that away from us. We're here. We're, we're rowing the boat in the same way. We have a common goal. We could be the United Colors of Benetton. It don't matter for this shared goal. Unfortunately, Kev, I believe now that this country is so divided right? And our discourse is so tense and filled with so much rancor that this is now bleeding in. You can't keep it out of the locker room anymore, right? The, the fact that there's people on teams that probably do have different points of view, it is no longer okay in this country, Kevin, to just have a different point of view, right? We are so entrenched in our camps that there is no possibility to still be able to be on a defensive line with a dude who has different values than you. And I think we have so devolved as a society that even like the sacred locker room is no more kind of there. You know, and unfortunately, we have seen this, you know, the eroding of trust over so much time. You know, there's a gambling term, and I think our president, 45, is in essence fading the public, Kevin, right? Like, that's what he's doing. He is believing in the worst aspects of the public, and they are proving to be true, okay? He is making the bet that the public is so divided, and he's right. He is making the bet, right, that these people can't come together. He's also fading the public with gaslighting the world, right? He's literally eroding and fading the public, and he's making bets on the kind of trueness of this in this country by fading the public, and he's correct. And that's part of what it comes down to. And so you could be angry, right? And you could see all this, but for me, it's also like sad that people should accept this is apparently who we really are and the locker room and sports and all these things where you weren't supposed to talk about this. You weren't supposed to talk about this. It's now bled in so much and there is no protection and the public is being faded correctly here, Kev. So I think there's a couple of things. And I remember... Um... It was actually I, I I'm pulling this into wrestling, but I promise it is right, it ahead. is for a purpose. Um, it was after the first double or nothing. Cody Rhodes was having a conversation um, about the AEW locker room. They were talking about the diversity of the room, sure. and Cody shared a story that he uh, an, an interaction he had with his wife Brandy Rhodes, who is a black woman, and he said, "Brandy, I don't see color," and she goes, "That's ridiculous. You need to." You right. need to see color because if you, you need to understand my story, understand my struggle, understand what I've gone through. And the idea that you don't see color means you're ignoring that. Right. So I think the idea that this stuff is coming into the locker room is good because I think far too long people have hope have just been hopeful that they can just pretend it's not real and everything just gets thrown aside. And it is very, very important right now that a lot of these things are being broached and being talked about. And I think the biggest thing that I can tell someone out there is if this is maybe the first time you're having these conversations, do not enter it defensively. Do not try and justify previous actions. Right. Take this opportunity to learn and change your opinion. And if the only way this stuff can connect through people is through sports analogies, right, or through gambling analogies. Yeah. Sometimes the best thing you can do is lose a bet, understand why, and pivot and move forward positively. I long maintain that the year uh, 
Kentucky had the platoon squad with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, Harrison first five, the second five. Both. Yeah. Couldn't make – yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, long believe that that team could have done with a loss before the NCAA tournament right. to help them learn that that could happen and turn themselves in another direction. And I think this is a, an opportunity for people to take right. a loss. Learn yeah. what you've been doing is that's wrong. That's the thing. That people are so around. entrenched in their camps right now, right? Because of, call it call it cable news, call it social media, call it the echo chamber, right? But then places like sports, where you're thrown together, it used to be that all these kind of opinions could live harmoniously, um, but we're at a place now where they can't anymore, you know, because it's so obvious and it's so high stakes. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, we see these uh, instances, whether it's, Fromm's text from years ago, whether, you know, but in every locker room, there's going to be people who view this differently and how we come together still for a common goal from different walks of life is very interesting. I don't know if you know this, Kev, but, you know, fantasy freestyle, you know, I would take live callers all the time, right, on this network. And I've had it happen to me on live air, Kev. I don't know if you know this. A dude asked me about Matthew Stafford once on a live call. Right. And I gave him my answer, whatever it is. Yeah, he's a fade for me this week, whatever it was. Mm. While still live, he mm. was like, oh, but, you know, in response was like, yeah, but who cares about what you think you blah, 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 blah. And then said some words that I, you know, cannot repeat on air. And we cut him off. Right. Or I got another call. Um, same kind of thing. This was a few years ago. We have the tape somewhere um, where I answered a question. Right. And then the person's follow up question was, oh, but what I really want to know is, do you think the NFL should go back to sharecropping like their players are truly built for? Right. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And we were like, that's it for you on this call. But it's out there and it's not changing. You know, it's just now it's just being more brought to light. And the way we respond is going to be very, very interesting. But it's almost like we can't look away from it anymore. Or we can't, you know, gloss it over and say that it doesn't bleed into every walk of life. Yeah, I think um, we are seeing some changes. We are seeing some people who are being forced to change their minds, who are being forced to look, to listen. And um, there's there are things that are happening that are hopefully going uh, to, you know, continue to point us in the right direction. Yeah, and I just think it's going to be interesting, you know, for now— these teams are not gathering, they're not practicing, right? And so what also means is that there's not reporters sticking microphones in front of their faces, which mm -hmm. they will start to regularly do so again in the next couple of months in the context of this summer, of this society, of this election, whatever you want to call it. It is going to be very different, to, interesting to hear what different people say when a microphone is in front of their face and to see if they view this issue in the same way as the energy now building in this country. It could be a lightning rod this summer, but we are certainly going to follow it here on Sports Grid. You know, Kev, one thing we should get out on a positive note. We want to tip our cap. You know, this new NBA proposal, you know, I, I, as of a week ago, we didn't know if it was going to be all teams playing regular season games or 16 games, the World Cup format or whatever. Now that we know, we know there are eight teams whose season is over, right? We talked about it for the financial aspects. One of them is the Atlanta Hawks. And what that means is that there's an all-time great player whose career 
has now yeah. come to a close. And that's Vince Carter. All right, Vince Carter, you know, with the Hawks not playing anymore, Vince Carter is done. He said this is his last year and kind of, you know, uh, a, um, a, uh, a quiet way, I guess, mm. to go out, right? You know, I'm reminded of Mariano Rivera, who tore his ACL on a warning track in Kansas City and then was on, on what he already said was his last year. And then he was like, nah, I can't go out like that. I'm coming back. And this is going to be, unless he changes his mind, the way Vince Carter is going to go out. The man is 19th all time in points in this league. I got to think in a, in a specific generation, right, one of the best wing players, slashers, most dynamic scorers in this league. And no one will ever forget what he did in a couple of slam dunk contests. I think for someone that athletic, to then keep a career going this long really speaks to the talent that Vince Carter was. He was a lot more than a dunker, but also to me, if somebody asks the best dunker of all time, I would go Vince Carter mm. because he's been doing it forever. He has by far, by far. His rookie was, year was 98, 99, Kev. Last up. millennium. I was very, very young. Um, to me, what he has under his I belt. I already graduated high school. <laughs> Very young I was. Um, I don't think I had. I don't know. I don't think I was in pre-K yet. Um, Vince Carter to me has the coolest dunk contest performance oh, of yeah. all time. Of all time, right? Over. <laughs> also, he has Hanging the best, from his elbow. Yeah, he has the best in-game dunk of all time in that Vice, baby. when he Fred just flies baby. over, buddy. Like. So, yeah, I mean, VC, he's I mean, been I that dude. Line with him and Jerry Stackhouse together, you know? I yeah. mean, he's, yeah, absolutely. And what, what I find also interesting, in that time, people were craving, like, the next Jordan, right? Harold Miner won a dunk contest a couple of years before, and they were like, ooh, baby Jordan. <laughs> but Vince came in and truly had that dynamic ability kind of until Kobe was around. People thought Vince was the best, like, reasonable proximity of uh, – Michael Jordan, right? So we we tip our cap. Insanity, to him. preposterously cool nickname, ridiculously cool nickname. Insanity, Insanity. tremendous. Yeah. I'm reminded of when he won that game seven with a corner shot for the Toronto Raptors. I'm also reminded that he went back and got his degree at North Carolina during the NBA playoffs one year. So we tip our cap to Vince. That'll do it for us. Just like that slam dunk contest. This episode, it's over. We'll see you at the start of a new week. It's the early line. Giving you the edge. We'll see you next week. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.